I'm happy. You know, sometimes you have to understand, I, I did other jobs in my life, but when you wake up in the morning, even early in the morning, like this morning at half past five, say, and you wake up happy that you have to do a lot of things in the day, say, maybe I'm doing what I really want yeah. to do. That's a good feeling, and you know, not everybody gets that. Welcome to The In Factor, conversations with entrepreneurs who started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and today I'm recording in the University of Salerno Incubator, located in the Campania region of Italy. My guest today is Inyo Adenolfi. Inyo is a postdoctoral student at the university and also the CEO and co-founder of Minervis, a company that offers innovative solutions in the energy and automotive sectors aimed towards the reduction of CO2 and improved energy management. Minervis provides a suite of integrated solutions for smart and future mobility, from driving advisors to fleet management tools, all tailored to the vehicle and size of the customer's business. Listen in to hear more about how Inyo and his team are building a company that not only saves money for their customers, but is also helping to save our planet. Good morning, Inyo. Good morning, Rebecca. I am so excited to be here on the University of Salerno in the incubator talking with you today about your company. Um, you're a postdoc student here at the university, but you also are an entrepreneur for several years. And your company is Minervas. Minervas. Yes. Minervas. Um, yeah. So let's dig in. I'd like to learn a little bit more about you. I always like to start by um, sort of understanding more about um, how you got to this point. Have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Tell us about your company and sort of how you got here. Okay. Well, so let's start from uh, uh, say thank you for this because uh, you brought the spring here. Today it's a very <laughs> nice weather here and was maybe thanks to you. Uh, anyway, uh, I am a postdoc, as you said. I spent most of my life at this, in this university for my bachelor, master, PhD courses. And at the end of this process, uh, I say, okay, it's time to try to bring all that I learned on the market. So it was a process. I never thought to be an entrepreneur, actually. So this was a process that I, uh, thanks to the input that I received by academia, but from the world, from my friend, um, from my mentors, say that maybe it was time to try. Okay, so just a few lines about what we do. Minervas is a university spin-off. We are a startup. We incorporated in July 2020 during the COVID time, so it was a very tough moment. Uh, but we had in our portfolio of activities a lot of solution to make the mobility sector more sustainable. So, so when you talk about the mobility sector, what, what do you mean by that? Our, some of our listeners may not understand that. Well, um, we work in the field of road transport, transportation, rural transportation sector. So that means that we work with fleet companies, 
for both uh, uh, logistic application or passenger transportation. So we help truck or buses to reduce fuel consumption and emission. This is our aim. And we want to do that with a, a very high level technology that comes from autonomous driving te technology, but that we can want to bring to the conventional vehicles, to the vehicles that are ready on the road. Mm -hmm. So in order to speed up the process before the, uh, the coming of the autonomous driving uh, vehicles, mm -hmm. we, um, we started from an idea that um, uh, the uh, OEM, the uh, truck or buses manufacturers, uh, created a very good vehicles in the last years with very high efficiency, but we can even push towards a big, bigger, higher efficiency thanks to the help of the information that comes from around the vehicle. So all that uh, is related to the road, to the forecast of what we are going to, um, to, 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 to find on our road, like uh, changing the weather condition, the change on traffic condition. So we are able to collect a lot of information, static information and dynamic information as a forecast in order to improve the way how to drive. So um, would you say making current vehicles smart vehicles? Is smart. that what we're talking about? Yeah. And so how does that work? Um, you know, I, I say I've got a, a vehicle that I would like to take advantage of your product. How does that work? Well, it's very simple because you just drive your vehicle. When you go get in, you usually, I guess, use your Google Maps in order just to know which is your uh, optimized route, maybe even to know the estimated time of arrival. Uh, on top of that, we add other information. So we don't give the instruction how to drive, if to go to left or right. We tell the driver to go faster or slower. This change in the speed with uh, a very tight time constraint, I mean, the same estimated time of arrival, let leads you to leads you to reduce the fuel consumption. That makes sense. Yes. So, so um, is this an app that the, the driver would use, just similar to something like uh, Google Maps you mentioned, or are you built on top of other apps? We have different versions. Our product is a B two B product, so it's well customized for fleets for heavy duty vehicles. Yes. But we are even now opening this solution for cars. The, our product works perfectly with big vehicles because with big mass, we can achieve very high results. Uh, sometimes we can even able to reduce fuel consumption up to 30%. It's a very high margin. And in a sector like this with very low margin, we are making some, some magics. But when we move towards the car, especially the electrical car, we can help the vehicle to increase the autonomy. So we reduce your stress to get home because if you drive, as I tell you, you for sure achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. That's that's great. I need that in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have bad traffic in Tampa. So I just came, so we're in the Campania region and I noticed that there was a lot of traffic coming Ooh. from Salerno yep. this morning. And um, so this, this, this product that you're talking about, is it primarily used by companies regionally, nationally? 
Um, you know, are, do you have competitors here in Italy? Sure. I mean, what does that, what does your landscape look like for your company? Well, our target market are long going application, extra urban application, because we um, design the product for trucks that should uh, drive for hundreds of kilometers per day. So this is our, was our first goal. That's a but, sweet spot for you, the starting point. Yes. But we enlarge a little bit the, the sector. And then we uh, move from truck to extra urban buses, so even for regional application. The, um, in order to achieve big results in terms of uh, savings, the, the, we need to uh, go uh, towards big number of kilometers or miles. To so travel. you need to travel a pretty long distance for this to really kick in if the value. A long uh, range, we can optimize better. Right, right. That's why. So what is your background uh, that prepared you for this? I mean, you, you mentioned that you, that you did your bachelor's and master's and doctorate here. So what did you study? And how, because a lot of our listeners are students and they're thinking about how to prepare themselves <laughs> for this entrepreneurial path. So what about you? Yeah, I told you that I did bachelor, the master, the PhD here, but it was not a linear process because I started the bachelor long time ago, I can say now. But you're uh, well, very young. So. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> when you count the time now, it's maybe 15 years ago, okay, something yeah. like that. Um, uh, but once I started the master, I had the, the opportunity to make an internship abroad in Germany at the European Research Center for Energy. Mm -hmm. So I went there and I stayed longer than expected. So I start to deviate my my you know my ac academic uh, activity, and uh, once I was in, back in Italy, I wanted to try something else out of engineering uh, environment. So I started my very first entrepreneur entrepreneurship uh, activity, like uh, starting up a cultural center in the south of Italy, in Sicily, mm -hmm. with uh, vegan cuisine and uh, entertainment, art entertainment. So, say, okay. Italians like to eat, I, yeah. and I'm enjoying that while I'm here. <laughs> I love to eat. You love well. to eat. And you're, so you're a chef as well. Right? No, I'm not a chef, but I know yeah. I can try. You can test your way around the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. So I, I did this for some years, and... Uh, that gave me the first input and the, the first uh, thought about to try an entrepreneurial life. Uh, once I was back uh, to university to finish my master's degree, my thanks to the research, research group at university, the Energy uh, System uh, Lab at University of Salerno, uh, I had the opportunity to make a PhD in uh, hydrogen systems. And uh, I wanted to, uh, that was a very important moment for my career because it uh, gave me the opportunity to uh, first to learn about something that now is a very hype technology like hydrogen fuel cells. And the second uh, achievement was the participation in the European project as a researcher, but even as a, a project manager, a communication dissemination manager. So uh, I, I got the opportunity to, to know a lot of stakeholders, uh, companies, corporate uh, research centers, uh, even institutional uh, um, activities. 
and that gave me the you know the a lot of horizontal skills that prepare me for the next step right. and the next step was to start up these uh, activities now for m many people there is a moment or a time where everything comes together and you say this is an idea that i should pursue how did that happen for you is it something that you came up with or was it out of a research project or did somebody come to you and say you know you're working on this have you thought about you know adding these elements how did that all come together this was not my idea it was an idea of my colleague the the core technology of this uh, product uh, but as i told you I, I used to work in a research group so we were uh, we, we used to make a lot of brainstorming together about my activities other activities and uh, my activity for example that was on hydrogen at that moment it was a very low trl so it was not ready for market but the other research were, were were ready for the market so i proposed them to try to push a little bit more out of the lab in order to understand if there was an opportunity so i collect uh, the people working on that project the co-creator, but even other professor or researchers. Your team. Yeah, and we created the, 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 the core team more than two years ago. And then we start, started, start making the first steps. Okay. But it was not enough because um, we were very tech, uh, too much related to the technical part. So we okay. had to understand how to propose a tech idea in a different way for investors, for customers. So we start. Uh, we started. Um, we we went around at any startup competition in order to uh, step by step improve the the way of proposing the idea. Yes. and that was the very beginning. So that's that's a lot of what I've done with my career is help scientists uh, understand how to speak the language of business. Yeah. And so kudos to you. And I'm assuming that the university has helped with that whole yeah. process. So um, <clears throat> you mentioned you had, excuse me. Yes. Um, you mentioned that you had um, help from some of your professors here. You've been in the incubator for more than two years, uh, yeah. maybe three. And so how is that helping you build this business? Has it been valuable to be associated with the university, to be here in the incubator? What kinds of things? Um, what kinds of benefits do you get from this? We, we have different level of benefits because uh, I guess that any uh, startup at the very beginning needs the support of incubator accelerator. We uh, had two different incubators that helped us. One uh, conventional, I, can, I may say, startup incubator, uh, or one shoe factory, what is the name, Another one that comes from university, because university um, wants that the, uh, through a tech transfer process uh, va uh, make value of what was done in the past. So they push all the researchers to uh, take all the tech and uh, make ready for the market. market. Yeah. So they gave a lot of support. For instance, the space where we are right now uh, is uh, a benefit of the university. Mm -hmm. So they give mm -hmm. us spaces, they give uh, uh, a network, they give us the opportunity to use the patent that uh, at the very beginning, we're 
were made during the research period. So they uh, gave a lot. And uh, if, if we want to make a comparison with a startup that is not a part of the university, we have a different uh, speed because we already had the research part, the prototyping phases, the, uh, the patenting phase. So we were a little bit more advanced and that give us, you know, some advantage on the, yes. among our competitors. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so I think I asked you about this, but there are there's about twenty companies here in the incubator. Yeah, more or less yeah. twenty. And you're one of the earlier ones in the in the program because you've been here for say a few years. Yeah, a few years ago, that this building was made uh, more or less three four years ago. So yeah. we we were one of the first, uh, uh, you know flatmate yes. of this place. So, so one of the challenges for entrepreneurs, and I met with another entrepreneur yesterday who has a cafe, and um, we talked about how hard it is to get employees mm -hmm. and people that you trust. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really curious, um, you know, I've worked with startups a lot through the university. And uh, one of the benefits is that you can hire really smart students also to help you. Of course, they come and go quickly. Yeah. But talk to me about your team and and uh, you know how many people work for you now, and even where is your company in its growth stage? Do you have customers? How many? What does that look like? Okay, um, to the employee part of the these activities is very hard because we have a very high turnover. Uh, because you know the uh, attractiveness of the startup is not so high if we want to make a comparison with uh, corporates. Mm -hmm. uh, but since we are located in the university, we have the opportunity to have a very big amount of potential employee that uh, can come here for the internship and then if they like this environment to stay with us. So that means that they uh, they come in and they go out very often. So it was very tough for us to retain them, but uh, was not a problem because, as I told you, you know the balance was always positive, a lot in, a lot of out. But I can I may say the best one here uh, here now. You, so. you get to keep the best ones. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. In a way or another, they if we you know we. There is love between us. Yes, this thing. Sure. So the team, the team, uh, we can say there are two part, two kind of team. The team, the founders, they are related to the university, so the researchers, the professors. They are the R and D part, so they always push out towards cutting edge technologies. So they are related to that kind of activities. The, all the operational parts are done with the new team, the one that we employed. Now it's a team of six person and plus two uh, freelancer. We have a mechanical engineer, IT engineer, uh, telecommunication, telecommunication engine, engineer, a management engineer, and some developers. Uh, and this is the operational team. Uh, then we have some collaborators. And I can say that sometimes our team is in average in the mo good moment around 12, 13 persons. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's quite a good number, I guess. Um, what is done by us right now? We started our activities with an open innovation uh, uh, strategy. So we knew that some companies 
uh, were looking for solution to uh, help in their their cost saving uh, team like uh, i can say that uh, in the road transport sector the fuel in especially in europe is the highest share in the cost more than 33 35% so in europe uh, the fuel cost in the fleet companies is one of the main issues so they are always looking for good solution so we started proposing the solution to the company that were already looking for open innovation activities. So we started a POC with the largest, the, actually the all Italian railway company, Ferrovie dello Stato. They have a specific uh, a fleet for bus application of mm -hmm. 3,000 vehicles. Mm -hmm. And we made a POC with them and with ANI, the oil and gas company, mm -hmm. uh, in order to try uh, the product. And for that uh, moment, we, proto we made our first uh, functional prototype. It's the one that you can even see uh -huh. in that one. Track in key. that Track video, key. yeah. And uh, was our first result was a very uh, good result because we achieved uh, an average 8% of saving. Mm -hmm. But we went forward. Then we made another POC with a fleet company. The name is Transitalia. And we are, with them, I re, we recorded a, re, a saving of up to 15% in average on the fleet with spikes for vehicles up to 30%. So uh, with these two POC activities, we uh, closed the product. Now we are in a phase that we are providing our previous product that is done is as a software core, but with our hardware that we create in partnership with our um, friends, the name of the company is Nexus. They are providing this hardware and we are now working in the Italy region, but since this product is done for long rolling application for us, the market is the, the European yeah. market mm -hmm. because we have to make very long distances. That's why now we have a, um, uh, even an office in Munich, in Germany, um, thanks to the support of EIT Urban Mobility. EIT is a body of the European Union. We are a portfolio of their startup and we are trying to uh, spread the solution around Europe. But it's not only Europe because we have made our first steps in the US market. Uh, I spent my Last year in New York at the uh, incubator of the Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Roundtable Accelerator mm -hmm. in Manhattan mm -hmm. uh, in order to know more of the U.S. market. And we, are, we have closed a collaboration with an important research center in Ohio, in Columbus, the CAR, the Center for Automotive Research. And these are the, our first steps for U.S. market. Yeah. And we hope to be ready for that very soon. That is very exciting and very impressive. So uh, how did you, so, so a number of the companies that you worked with in this early stage, kind of uh, getting your, um, what we call a minimum viable product out yeah. there, um, were government, right? Government owned, like the train is, is, the, mm. is the train private or is it government? The, the fleet company is a private one okay. that anyway is linked to the, the the, the railway company that is a public and private one. Yeah. So the train system and the bus system, the public transportation system here is very good. 
I've been on it quite a bit and, you know, it runs on time mostly and uh, except if it's canceled. occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but how did you, uh, so I'm curious, you mentioned engineers and you mentioned a lot of technical people. Um, what about your marketing? You mentioned earlier you had to learn to pitch. Are, who who does the marketing and how did you make these connections? I'm trying to, make, to do the best. I am the one that is now working on this. We are looking for a, a specific uh, person that will, will run these activities. But uh, I guess that the first man that has to sell the product or anyway, the idea of the company should be the CEO at the very yes. beginning. So right. it, that's why it, it's me right now that is uh, uh, spreading the information and the knowledge about uh, tracking the Minervas in Europe or the US. Uh, I had to work a lot on the pitch. Uh, to work a lot on my presentation, but and for, just to give you some uh, um, uh, to li- tell you a little bit more what I what I did in the US when I went to US for this accelerator program uh, program I supposed to go there and learn you know some uh, super math model in order to have for a customer the market and so no they say the first. Only thing that you have to learn here in this accelerator in the US was to be uh, how to introduce yourself, how to work or make a second meeting with the person that you have in front. So I spent months in working on my one-liner, in my uh, 30-second pitch or three-minute pitch on having all the documents ready to share, like brochure, one-pager, pitch. So. I had to do a lot, all, all the time, these kind of activities. And I can say that now I understand why. Because if you make a very good impression at the very first moment, then you can have an opportunity to, to propose your product. And then if it's good, they are very prone to, to buy it. Yes, yes. It, I think uh, most people coming into entrepreneurship underestimate the importance Ooh, yeah of what you're talking about. The ability to communicate, especially if you're a scientist, very succinctly, very concisely what you're doing is just very important. And especially if you need to raise money. Mm-hmm. So um, how have you funded what you're doing? Well, we bootstrapped at the beginning. Then we, uh, thanks to other partners in our company, we uh, were introduced to some business angels we have now three business angels. They give us uh, the opportunity to, to grow in the these two years. But along with that money, private money, we had different grants from both the Campania region and the, the Italy. And they, in total, we had more than uh, almost 500,000 euros from private and public grants. And that was the difference, uh, mm-hmm. give us, you know, was yes. a very important moment yes. for us. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, you know, I started a tech-based company a number of years ago, and I was in the Ohio, Kentucky area, and that's that. There was a big push in that area to support entrepreneurship, so a lot of our startup money came from grants as well. And that's one of the advantages I think of being from a university background because you find those and you're mm-hmm. able to write grant proposals or get help with that. Um, is the is the Italian government and the Campania region maybe even more specifically 
focused on supporting entrepreneurship? Is that a, is there a big push for that, or is that still sort of early? Um, and- uh, not maybe not in the entrepreneurship, but in the uh, sustainability. So since in- we are a climate yes, tech startup, yes. uh, now there a is a space. very big push on this. Yes. So we are likely to be in the proper moment yes. proposing this solution. And I just want to add something because. In Italy is a little bit different from US startup because I realized that in US you if you have an idea you make a team you look for investors you look for money that helps you in making the product and spreading your MVP around. In Italy is a little bit different because you have first to make the product sell the product make revenue create traction and then you are eligible for investment. So we must work even be even more harder than others in Europe, I can say, uh, to prove that we can be on the market, even without having uh, an investment. So, And so that's even your angel investors want to see proof yes. of concept. Yes, yeah. they want to see that it works and that we have a pre-contract, that there is the uh, interest. Uh, but if, if you want to make interest here, you have to show the product yeah. working, already working. So that takes a lot of money up front, especially when you're building something uh, technical. Um, That's and, why the support of university was important. Now, does the university have a percentage ownership? No, zero. But as I told you, all the research part, the prototyping, the testing, the patenting was with the support of university. Yeah. So all of that cost was not on university at the very beginning because yeah. it was before the incorporation. So does the university continue to own the patent and you license from them or is it part In this of- moment, we license the, the patent, but we have a, a, an agreement with them to buy the when you're able once one we're able to. Right, when you have yeah. some money to do that. That's exactly yeah. right. So um, this is so impressive. I just want to say, uh, and I'm very... It's very, uh, it's very impressive what you've done. I'm sure there have been some really challenging things for you. You mentioned, you know, communication. So, what have been some of your greatest challenges coming from science and tech, and you know, energy background uh, into this whole world of entrepreneurship, which is a lot of hard work and uh, very different at times. As you said, is to make things simple. This is the most difficult thing to do because. One, if you are a researcher, researcher, you want to make it impressive with long description to to show that behind of this technology there is a lot of effort. Yeah. But once you have to uh, propose to an investor, to a customer, you have to make them the communication very, very simple. Yeah. And this sometimes is not not uh, you know for for you it seems that you are making. Uh, uh, your product not uh, fantastic as it should be, but it is. Or it's only the communication that must be lighter. Yes, yes, I understand that because I, you know, any I think anybody in the academic community faces that from time to time, and you want to get to all the details, the nuances, everything of what you're doing, but. Sometimes the rest of the world hasn't caught up with that, and so and you have to remember that. And and um, so I, I understand that completely. So along the way, you've been doing this for three three or so years. Um, did COVID have an impact on any of this? I know Italy. I had conversations with the family that I met yesterday, and 
you know, uh, what, what kind of an impact did that have? Because Italy got hit so hard from the pandemic. Well, we incorporated during the COVID. So our idea to make this startup was so big that we, we didn't even uh, realize that we were doing something very difficult in difficult moments. So uh, for COVID, for us, COVID means only to be a little bit slow, um, to, to moving slower at the very beginning. But for us, was uh, not a problem because yeah. we knew that technology, and even after COVID, that we, we, we had to propose that technology because it was the right moment. During COVID, uh, only transportation was working. You know, Amazon. Did the trains all continue to run? And uh... yeah, but even you know, if you think Amazon uh, carrier ship shipping in the houses, oh, yes, all yes. the all the trucks were the only uh, things that were moving in, in the country. So we realized that the road transport sector was, was after COVID uh, improved somehow, and we are trying now to improve. In the United States, we had a tremendous and still have tremendous supply chain issues with things getting transported and delivered. Mm -hmm. Have you had the same? Well, we have a mix of transportation here. Uh, in the US, it's true, the road transport sector is very important. We have long distance to cover. In Italy, in Europe, there is uh, the intermodalities. So there are parts that are moved on the on, by train, uh, only the last miles are done on track. So we try to uh, make a multiple uh, solution for the transport sector. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Really, really interesting. So uh, along the way, have, have there ever been any moments that you thought about giving up? And, and if so, Ooh. sort of how did you deal with that? Yeah, it's tough. I can't say that it's, it's hard tough. work, isn't yeah, it? Because yeah. Sometimes it seems that you are making, you are challenge something that is bigger than you, and you're only you're the only one in this army. So it's very hard, but it's worth it because um, you know that you are trying to do something good, not good only for the economical point of view, but even for the benefit that you are proposing because mm -hmm. our product helps in making uh, the the company more sustainable in price, in the environment, even for the drivers. So you know that you are giving something that could improve the society and the life of the workers. So if you think the, all the good things about that, you every morning you can wake up and say, okay, let's try again. I can say that what I'm doing I love what I'm doing, actually, because it's very, it's a very nice work. Because it's not even work; it's a more a feeling. It's a way of living. So, if you want to do what I'm doing, entrepreneurship life, you must embrace this. You must say, okay, this is a way I'd like to spend my next year. There is no holiday. There are no weekend. But in the in the country, you feel totally free, totally free to choose, totally free to make. Uh, to, to propose your idea. So, you know, it's tough, but it's totally worth it. Yes, yes. Well, I love hearing that because, it, as you say, it is it is a lot of hard work. But it, and, and what you're, you're doing, uh, you've got a product that is so timely 
and addresses issues that you know the world is concerned about you know the sustainability of our planet and there is you know internationally worldwide there's a big push for all of us to mm-hmm. think about these issues so so um, that's it's very exciting. So I, I, I have a question as you, you know, as you pointed out, it's a lot of work, no holidays. No, what does your family, familia think of, of you being an entrepreneur? Is that accepted? Our <laughs> no. children? No. Uh, <laughs> no. no. I, I had no uh, other example in my life of uh, no other entrepreneurs in my life. So I was the first of my kind. Yeah. Uh, and still uh, sometimes my mom said, why don't you find a normal job? Go get a job. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, there is, they always uh, support me, but they know that uh, it's tough. So they want to, sometimes, you know, you say, you can even try something else. But as I told you, I am happy. You know, sometimes you have to understand, I, I did the other jobs in my life, but when you wake up in the morning, even early in the morning, like this morning, at half past five, say and you wake up happy that you have to do a lot of things in the day say maybe i'm doing what i really want to do yeah that's a good feeling and you know not everybody gets that so so we i'm I'm grateful and i'm sure you are to be able to do what i love your parents weren't necessarily entrepreneurs but have there been some other mentors that have helped you along the way i um had to look for mentors Mm -hmm. because uh Starting this career as researcher, uh, I had a lot of luck in the knowledge of the business part. So I had to look for mentors that could give me uh, advices and suggestions on my uh, on my on this route. I had to find different mentors. One mentor in the company that could give me uh, suggestions that are related to the you know to the day by day activities. One mentor from uh, friends and family to give me, you know, a, another standpoint and not uh, a standpoint from the outside, but even uh, mentors from uh, the same uh, sector, so in the mobility sector, or even from mentors that are only en- just entrepreneurs from different sectors. So I have now a lot of mentors. More than they are friends, but. They are more mentors. Yeah, but you you purposefully set out to find people that brought you information that you needed in various areas. Do you also have a board of directors or advisory board? Is that yeah, common? Advisors, advisory board. Uh, one of them is Massimo Nicolazzi. He's a vice president of different oil and gas company in Europe and in the world. I, I can say. And there is another advisory um, uh, advisor that is going to join us. I hope that he will, uh, we will make this agreement very soon. He's from San Francisco, Bay Area, and is from telematic, uh, telematics uh, sector. Mm-hmm. And uh, this could even push us towards the US market. So yes, mm-hmm. it was a, is a good, important part of our team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and that's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs realize once they've gotten into this, that it can expand their network immensely, as you pointed out, to bring someone um, in from various areas. So I'm sure the two that you mentioned have big networks of people. And by... Uh, by I bringing... didn't have a big 
network at the beginning because it was only related to the tech part. So that's why at the beginning, I had to be at any startup events every day, every, every single day, because it was the only way to, uh, to create this network that in order that people knew that your face, knew your name, and they knew that you work in that field. And it works because now I'm still receiving email or any message from people that I met two years ago that now we can make some business together. So it you never know, right? You never, so you never know about never the connection. Um, is that common here in the Campania region to have uh, meetups and events for entrepreneurs? Or is that something you had to search for and go outside of this region for as it's well? It's growing. It's, uh, something that is growing now. Uh, you know, I had to make a comparison with my life in New York a few months ago. It's very different. Yeah. You, uh, you can have a, a startup event in Manhattan every single day, maybe all day long. Here in uh, Campania region, once per week, if you're lucky. <laughs> so, so we're in, in uh, you know, you're an hour high-speed train, an hour and a half, I guess, thereabouts from Rome. Um, so is Rome, uh, Roma or Milano? Milano, or Milano. Milano thought, is the yeah. core of the economics in yeah. Italy. And is where all, even the startups are growing faster. But I can say that uh, Napoli area, Campania Napoli. area, mm -hmm. they have a lot of startups. So, we are making something good even in the South. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I have really loved this conversation. I am so impressed with what, you, what you're doing and with your company. And, um, you know, I could talk a lot longer, but I know you've got to get back to work and <laughs> I've got a busy day ahead of me here on campus. So I'm, it's, it's such but a delight. Please, can to I offer you an Italian coffee before leaving? Of, of course. <laughs> okay. But you have to have Italian coffee and, and or red wine or something, right? <laughs> but thank you so much for spending the time with me. I always ask my guests uh, what one piece of advice they would give because a lot of the listeners that I have um, are either out there trying to build a company or they're you know maybe in the university um, thinking about it and what, what's one piece of advice maybe something you wish you'd known or what would you share today well I'm still in a learning phase so I can just tell you that what is very important at least for my life, is to uh, set up milestones. In this way, I, if I'm able, I am able to understand if I'm moving the proper direction. And if not, I'm still able to pivot the idea or even my life if it's necessary. So set up milestones are very important. Yeah. Just few per year. That's great advice. Great advice. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Inyo. Now, where can people find out more about you and about Minervus? Can they find you online? If yeah, they, sure. Are you I'm on LinkedIn? On LinkedIn, on uh, social media, but LinkedIn is good enough. Right. And you, Andrea Dinofit or Minervus Company. Wonderful. Thank you. See you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.